If you'd like to follow along with this morning's scripture reading, it comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. John writes, There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult <clears throat> excuse me, to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's Spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear it sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said, how are these things possible? Jesus answered, you are a teacher of Israel and don't know these things. I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you don't receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how, you, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, So that everyone who believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him isn't judged. Whoever doesn't believe in him is already judged because they don't believe in the name of God's only son. This is the basis for judgment. The light came into the world and people love darkness more than the light for their actions are evil. All who do wicked things hate the light and don't come to the light for fear that their actions will be exposed to the light. Whoever does the truth comes to the light so that it can be seen that their actions were done in God. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. What does it mean to follow Jesus? I invite you to think about that question for the next few weeks as we think about and as we look about at some of the passages in the Gospels where others encounter this very question themselves, as they come in contact with Jesus, as they've heard the teachings of Jesus, and as they they themselves have to come to a place or a point where they decide, what does it mean for me to follow this man, this Messiah, this person who teaches with the authority of God? And so what's a follower? I looked it up in the dictionary, which I don't do often, but I found two definitions in the Merriam-Webster. The first definition says, one that follows the opinions or teachings of another. And the second definition that was pertinent said, one that imitates another. Which, you know, that makes sense. And it's consistent with how we would look at one who normally follows another. 
In Christ's time, we can look at a different type of definition or additional meaning to what a follower means. Because in Christ's time, young men would follow a rabbi or a teacher as a student. Upon a certain age, these young men were chosen to follow this older rabbi everywhere they went. So when the rabbi slept, they slept. When he visited others in the community, they visited with them as well. They ate what he ate. They did everything he did. And they did this in order to listen and to learn and to really participate in every experience that he had. And so their learning went beyond just listening to what the rabbi told them, kind of like how we just learn in a classroom setting by listening sometimes. Their learning came from the experience as a whole. As he interpreted the scriptures, as he interpreted what it meant to live the law, as he taught and instructed, their learning consisted of of every part of what they did as a follower. Well, obviously, we can't become followers of Jesus in this way. In the way that the disciples were followers, we have to think about what it means for us to follow Jesus. About what it means for us to be people who choose to profess His name, who choose to offer His grace and His love to others, and who choose to learn and to grow as He calls us to. In Matthew 4.18, you can go and read a couple of the call stories of a few of the disciples. Not all of the call stories for all of the disciples are listed in the Gospels. But in Matthew 4.18, you can go and read where Jesus invited Peter and Andrew, who were fishermen, to follow him. In fact, he told them, come, I'm going to make you fishers of men. It says they left their nets and they followed him. A little later, Jesus was walking in Matthew 4.21, and he called the sons of Zebedee, James and John, who also left their nets. They left their father, they left their boat, and they immediately followed him. Each of the disciples were called by Jesus. Each of them were chosen to follow him so that they could learn, so that they could hear, so that they could know what he was saying, teaching, and doing, so that they could see and participate and be a part of the entire experience as they listened to what Jesus said and taught and as they thought about what he meant and what he explained to them what he meant by the things he did and said. And so they left what they were doing, they left what they knew, they left their livelihoods as they chose to respond to this call that Jesus had offered them, to this invitation to come and follow me. But you know, there are also stories in the Gospels of those that encountered Jesus and believed, but they chose not to follow. They were unwilling, they were unable to make the commitment, to make the choice of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. Even as they recognized that He was the Son of God, even as they recognized that He was the Messiah. And so this morning's scripture reading from the Gospel of John is one of these stories. As we read the story of Nicodemus, Nicodemus' story is interesting. It offers us one of the most common scriptures, you know, that comes from the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that all who believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But Nicodemus' story is, is interesting, because Nicodemus was a Pharisee who lived in Jerusalem. Nicodemus was one of the 72 
who was a member of the Sanhedrin, a Jewish ruling council that helped to interpret what it meant to be a person who followed the law, who lived according to the law in those times. The Sanhedrin had 72 members. It was comprised of, of Pharisees and Sadducees. The members of the Sanhedrin that were Sadducees were born into their position. These are people who were Levites. And so they came from the, the family that had always been designated to be the priestly people in Israel. And so they were born into their position, these men. And so they served as high priests and other positions of authority. The members of the Sanhedrin who were Pharisees achieved their position by their knowledge, by their ability to teach and interpret the scriptures as they instructed others how to live the lives that both worshipped and honored God. And so for Nicodemus to be a Pharisee who was on the Sanhedrin, we have to realize that he was someone who was respected in his knowledge. He was someone who had worked hard to demonstrate his knowledge, his love of God, and the extent that he chose to live his life in such a way that it followed the law. You know, this isn't just someone who, who came to question Jesus. This was someone who was knowledgeable, who came to Jesus to learn more and to find out who he was. And so we read this interesting story about Nicodemus who hunts Jesus out in the darkness of night to appear to him and to tell him that he recognizes he's the Son of God, that, but yet he doesn't want to be seen as recognizing Jesus as the Son of God. Nicodemus came at night. He, he doesn't want to be known. He doesn't want to be seen with this man who many others feel is an imposter or a rabble rouser or a blasphemer as he claims to be the Son of God. But Nicodemus recognizes that he is. That he's a teacher. That he is the Messiah. That he's from God. But see, I think earlier when we said a follower is someone that chooses to follow the teachings or example of another... See, Nicodemus wasn't ready to commit. He obviously recognized who Jesus was. He obviously believed that Jesus was the Messiah, the one who had been promised. But he wasn't ready to commit. He wasn't ready to face those that he knows. He wasn't ready to face those fellow members of the Sanhedrin, his family, his community. He's not yet ready to make the sacrifice that it will take to become a follower of Jesus. He's not ready to change who he is, how he's known, and potentially his very livelihood because of his belief. And so Nicodemus wants to be a follower. But in a sense, he wants to be a follower of Jesus from the darkness. Which really isn't a follower at all, is it? It's more like a secret admirer who offers his recognition of who Jesus is from afar, from a distance, but is not willing to make the commitment or to make it known. See, he believes. He knows who Jesus is. He knows what Jesus is, but he's not willing to let others know 
and to share in that discovery. And so in a sense, he tries to believe in Jesus from afar. By visiting in the night, by not getting too close. But Jesus sees this and knows what he's doing. Jesus sees right through it. Because when Nicodemus comes to question him, Jesus answers Nicodemus' questions about what it means to be spiritually reborn. He knows that Nicodemus believes, so he tells Nicodemus that those who believe in the truth must do it in the light. That those who believe in the truth must express their belief in the light. They must step out of the shadows, out of the realm of simply being a believer. They have to follow too. And in being a follower, they have to put their belief into actions and follow Him as well. See, John ends this passage of Scripture about light. And about how Jesus is instructing Nicodemus that in order for him to really be a follower, in order for him to do more than just believe in who Jesus is and take that next step and follow, is he has to do it in the light. He has to step out of the darkness. He has to step out of the shadows. He has to step out of the realm of simply being an admirer of Jesus. And he has to enter into that relationship that makes him a follower of Jesus. And so Nicodemus is unwilling to do so. The scriptures say that he just left. And so he goes, and I imagine a little disappointed, but I think probably even more intrigued about the man who he recognizes as the Messiah. See, Nicodemus' story shows us that we can't just believe without following. That we can't just recognize who Jesus is without really professing and saying who we believe Him to be. If you look in John chapter 7 at the very end of the chapter, Nicodemus is the Pharisee when Jesus is teaching in the temple that, that tries to defend Jesus. And the other Pharisees basically ridicule him. And then if you go and look, I think it's in John chapter 20 where Jesus has been crucified and he's being buried. Nicodemus finally places action with his belief. When Jesus is removed from the cross and Joseph of Arimathea has taken the body and is going to bury him. And Nicodemus shows up with 75 pounds of spices to anoint his body. See, it took Nicodemus till the very end. To associate being a follower of Jesus with his belief in who Jesus was. Because see, following Jesus involves more than us just believing in him. It involves more than us just believing in his message, believing in the resurrection, believing in his teachings, believing in the truth that he brings. Following means allowing him to change our lives. To change us from within, to change who we are and how we are, so that we're guided by the Spirit, so that we do God's will, so that we can discern what God wants for our lives. For us to follow, we have to do more than just believe. We have to demonstrate the inner change that God has placed within our hearts so that others can see. And know 
And so that we ourselves can experience and know the transformation that has happened. Or else we're like Nicodemus. We admire who Jesus is. We admire, we believe who He is. But we're unwilling to put action to our belief. See, the Scriptures consistently say that people believed, but then Jesus calls them to follow. Because He wants us to be more than just people who believe in Him. He wants us to be disciples who follow Him. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to look at different people who choose to follow. As we look at Nicodemus and see that God calls us to do more than just believe. Jesus calls us to do more than that. He calls us to be a people who, of faith who, who build a relationship with Him and who choose to follow Him. And who allow Him into every part of our lives so that we will be changed. So that we will be transformed. And so that we will see and do and be the people the Christians, the disciples of Him that He wants us to be. Amen.